want to tell you about the most epic game of hide-and-seek I've ever played. I was a young kid, around 10 or 11 years old, and some of us friends in the neighborhood got together and we decided to play a big old game of hide-and-seek with big old boundaries, primarily around our elementary school. And so we got to playing and got to hiding, and I had the greatest hiding place that I think I've ever found. It was underneath a stairwell at our school outside, and I took my bike with me and hid under the stairwell that was so well hidden, I was there, which seemed like four hours. I was never found. I was the greatest hider, and I never have told anyone where that hiding place was, not even those friends way back in elementary school because I wanted to keep that secret. Have you ever played a game of peekaboo with a young baby? You know, when you close your eyes and peekaboo, right? And when you play this game, it's, it's magical to this young baby because you disappear in front of them and then you appear before them. And when they start to play, everything around them disappears. Here's why I tell you this, and here's what's on my mind. I think if we're not careful, we find ourselves in a unique and unprecedented time. And if we are not careful, we will just play a great, epic game of hide-and-seek. And we will continue to play peekaboo with the world and the people and the neighbors around us. We'll get really good in this social distancing time to just hide, stay away, to not engage outside of a few posts or retweets of memes. And if we're not careful, this will become our norm of staying away. This will become our norm of playing epic games of hide and seek where hopefully no one will ever find us again and we can just engage the world on our own terms as we can on social media. But what if? What if we use this unique and unprecedented time, this time of social distancing, for us to raise up, to rise above what is normal and accepted and to be people who intentionally look out for each other. What if we could be people who took very seriously the greatest command that Jesus gives us? That we took it so seriously that even in a time when it would be rather easy to stay away, to play hide and seek, play a game of peekaboo where everything can just disappear around us, we engaged. What if God's people engaged in loving others just like we love God? Which turns me to Luke chapter 10 this morning. I want to read a short passage out of Luke 10 and pay attention for a few moments right here in Luke chapter 10. And here's what happens in Luke 10. On one occasion... An expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, this teacher comes as one who knows the law, one who probably practices the law, and one who comes to to Jesus to test him in the sense that he wants to know if he knows what he knows. 
He wants to know if this rabbi who now has a reputation of being a good rabbi, one who can heal people and teaches very well, he wants to know if this teacher knows what he knows. So he goes on. Jesus asked, in response to his question, what is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. Now here's what I think Jesus is responding to. He's responding to a teacher who wants to know if he knows what he knows and testing him with this question. And Jesus replies his question with another question and he answers correctly because Jesus knows that this is what it looks like to be God's people. To actually live out what we say is important. And here, love the Lord your God with every fiber of your being. And secondly, take that love for God and translate it, transmit it onto other people. And this is what it looks like. If we can boil this down into its simplest form, here's what it looks like to be God's people. To love him with everything we have and to love the people around us. To love our neighbor just like we love our God. And so here's where I want to begin. Here's where I want to build off of is this this idea. This is what it looks like for us to be God's people, to love him and to love other people. Now, here's where we get caught up. Here's where we trip. Here's where we stumble. Just like the man in Luke chapter 10, the teacher came to test him. He goes on. He wanted to justify himself. That's the teacher that came to Jesus. So he asked him, and who is my neighbor. Now you see, if the man can justify himself here, then he can choose, pick and choose who his neighbor is. He can choose more easily the commitments that he wants to make. Because choosing your neighbor is something that creates an easement on us. And choosing how we will engage with neighbors is something that brings another case of easement. It's a loophole. And a loophole is a way to custom fit the commandment to our own liking. Asking who is our neighbor creates boxes and parameters and it creates a way for us to justify how we can act towards one another. And this is what the man does. Now, Jesus responds to this man's question with a story or a parable. A parable is a story with a lesson, with a, way, uh, with a story for us to take away. And so here's the story that Jesus tells. He tells the story of a man who's walking down a road. And as he's going down that road, he's robbed by some robbers, beaten nearly to death, and left on this road to die. 
And as he's laying there in agony and pain and near death, Jesus tells a story that a man, a priest, is walking down that same very road. This priest comes along and finds the man who had been robbed and been beaten and left for dead. But the priest sees this man and the priest goes to the other side of the road and keeps going. Later, a Levite's walking down that road. And the Levite sees the man who had been robbed and been beaten and left on this road for dead. Sees this man and gets on the other side of the road and keeps going. You see, the priest and the Levite, the assistants to the priest, these highly moral, ethical people, these God-following people, are the ones who were supposed to stop and help the man beaten and left for dead on the road. But that's not what happens. Jesus tells of a third man, after the priest and after the Levite, a Samaritan. Now, see, Jewish people looked at Samaritans as below human. They were enemies. They were fierce enemies, and they were taught to stay away from Samaritans, a different group of people who live in a different part of that area. And so Samaritans are the bad guys in the story. And you see what happens is Jesus tells the story of the Samaritan who comes on that same road and finds the same man that was beaten, and he was robbed, and he was left for dead, and it's the Samaritan who stops and he begins to help the man and he takes the man to an inn and he buys the supplies needed and he buys him a room and he leaves money for the innkeeper to get anything else that may be needed for the man's recovery as he goes on. Now Jesus asked the teacher after he tells this parable, the story, now which one of the three was a neighbor? And the man replies, the one who showed mercy. You see, the story of the Good Samaritan, as we call it, is a story of how to be a neighbor. See, the, the parable, the story, isn't simply defining who the neighbor is. That happens when Jesus uh, talks to the man earlier about the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and then you will love other people. That's who your neighbor is. All people, because God loves all people. This story looks at the man's question of who your neighbor is and says, that's not the right question. That's not the question you should be asking. And so Jesus tells the story of not who your neighbor is, but how neighbors act. And it's the villain that gets it right. You see, just because we may follow Jesus and just because we confess his name and just because you're in an online worship, just because doesn't make you a good neighbor. You can love the Lord your God and you can say you love your neighbor but the best way to know your beliefs is how you act. The best way for others to know what really matters to you is how you act, how you live, and how you love the people you come across. See, this story 
this parable that Jesus tells puts us all on this path. And hearing the story as Jesus' response to the man, you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and you love other people in the same way that you love God because God loves all people. That's your neighbor. Those people that you come across are your neighbors. And this is how you live. You stop on this path when you see a need from someone else, anyone else. So Jesus tells the story, and the story's it's like it's like me getting instructions to build a big playhouse for my kids and going to the store and getting all the materials that I need to build this big playhouse for my children and getting all the supplies and the materials and getting everything that I need and, and taking it home and putting it in the backyard and never lifting a hammer to build the playhouse. You see, I can say I love God, and I can say I love other people, but if I'm not going to live the how of the greatest command, then I'm leaving everything out, and it's never going to be built. Jesus tells the story, and it's, it's, like, it's like me taking in all the knowledge, all the, going to all the classes, getting all A's in every class, doing all the extra credit, going above and beyond for all the knowledge and taking it all in and reading all the books that I can, listening to all the podcasts that I can listen to, getting to all the online worships that I can get to, taking in all the knowledge, and then eh, Monday rolls around, I'm going to live the way I want to do and not have any interaction with everything you've taken in. Love God love other people, and how you do that is incredibly important. Think of it this way as well. We're all on this path together. In this remarkable, crazy time that we find ourselves in, we're in this path, on this path together. It's a new path. We've never experienced life quite like this. The the onslaught and change of news that comes from this COVID-19 outbreak. This path is different than anything we've ever experienced. But we're on this path together. And we're not the only ones on this path. And as we go down this path, we may come across someone lying on the side of the road. Someone hurting. Someone who needs help. And we can say we love God. And we can say we love all people. But how are you going to act when you see that person who needs help? Well, that's easy. Because we're in a time of social distancing. So I really can't do much right now. You see, when we start to build the barriers or the the credentials of what a neighbor, of who a neighbor is, we're no different than the man who comes to Jesus in Luke chapter 10. We can say it, but it's the how that matters. And so, I want you to know, it's not your job to define your neighbor It's your job to be the neighbor. 
It's my job and it's your job and it's all of our jobs not to come around and go, well, who is my neighbor? That's not the right question. The question we ought to be asking is how can I be a neighbor right now? Because in this weird time, we ought to be asking ourselves, how can I be a neighbor in a time that is about social distancing, helping flatten the curve of this virus going around? How can I be a neighbor in a weird, unique, unprecedented time? Not who is my neighbor, not a game of hide and seek, not a game of peekaboo, not defining what it looks like, but how we can be a neighbor in this day and age. Jesus responded at the end of his story. He asked him, he said, well, who of the three was the neighbor? And the man replies, the one who showed mercy. And Jesus says in Luke chapter 10, verse 37, go and do likewise. I think Jesus is quite serious about this. That we don't get to define the neighbor. Is our responsibility as people who love God and love our neighbors. It's our responsibility to be the neighbor to all people. To all people of different political parties, people from different sides of town, different skin color, different lifestyles, different beliefs. It doesn't matter because our job is not to define the neighbor. Our job is to go and do likewise, to do like the Samaritan and stop on this new road that we are on and to help the people that we can in the way that we can. And we can't do all things. We can get overwhelmed maybe by all the people stranded on the side of the road. Do for one that you wish you could do for other people. Be the neighbor that you can in this day and in this unprecedented, unique time. Be the neighbor that stops and that helps, that shares a love that you say you believe in. Go and do likewise. Lastly, I want to put a little bit of I want to put a little practicality to this. Neighbors act. This means that we have to be intentional more than ever in this time, in this social distancing time. We've got to be intentional about what this means. And so we have to act. We have to move. We have to do things and not just sit in our room and play hide and seek or play peekaboo with the people around us. We have to act. And this is more than getting on Facebook. This is more than just reposting these memes. This is more than just us sitting in our room and doing what we can. Well, we're just going to sit back here because we're supposed to be socially distanced. Yes, that is the responsible thing to do right now. But neighbors can still act. Neighbors can be creative in how you're going to help those that you may find on the side of the road. So Heritage Church. A couple of things that I want you to know about because I want to encourage this as much as I possibly can in this unprecedented time. First, this week, you can watch out for a porch package to be dropped off at your home this week. Now, this package that Laura and I are are putting together and will deliver to homes, to your porches, this week will have many different things. But one of the main aspects of this package is going to have postcards, heritage postcards, that I want to invite you to send out as a neighbor. 
Send it to someone who needs a short word of encouragement, who needs something to know that they are not alone. And there might be some other things in there for you during this this time of seclusion so that we're not isolated, but we can be isolated together. But I I want it to be primarily a way for us to be intentional in our actions as good neighbors. Secondly, you can text the word neighbor to 405-300-4553. You can do this every day if you'd like. But if you text the word neighbor to that phone number, you will randomly get another member of Heritage um, assigned to you for that day. And your job, if you choose to accept it, is to call that person or that family and check in. No agenda. No ask except to call and say hi. Say hello to your fellow neighbors here at Heritage. Text neighbor to 405-300-4553 every day if you'd like, and a random Heritage member info will be sent back to you, and your job is to simply check in and be a good neighbor. Now, if you're not a part of the Heritage Church, but you're a part of this online worship experience, I'm so glad that you're here, and I don't want to leave you out either. So, if you're a guest of ours online, you can text the word guest to 405-300-4553, and you will be reached out by one of our Heritage members. And you can do this every day if you'd like. We can assign and reach out, and no agenda, no ask. We're not going to ask for money. We're not going to ask you to do anything. We're just going to reach out say hi, check in, and try in a very small way to be a good neighbor. Now, the biggest aspect of this idea of being good neighbors in a social distance world that we are in currently is going to be more than just a text message or a porch package. It's going to be you putting boots on the ground, getting active and intentional in your very own neighborhood wherever you are. We came across this on social media it's a uh, example letter that someone in our area has started leaving with their neighbors. And uh, they just left it on their doors or their porches and just uh, it says after the last couple of days, it feels like the world is on a wild ride. We want you to know that you aren't alone and we want to help in whatever way we are able. And then it lists off some specific ways that they can be of help to their neighbors. This may mean for you as a neighbor to go out, great idea here, leave some notes with your neighbors, check in with your neighbors if you already have relationships with them. Now, be specific about how you can help and which ways you might be able to help your neighbors. If there's a mother with young children, get some craft supplies and drop it off on their porch. If there's an elderly person on your street, maybe you could drop off some of your precious toilet paper to them or some other essential needs just to be a good neighbor. You know what? If you have a basketball goal on your driveway, put a sign on it that says this is available to anyone to come shoot hoops anytime so that we can be available to our neighbors. You know what? One of the great things that our neighborhood um, is starting to do is we're putting, um, we're having kids in our neighborhood uh, color a rainbow and then put it on uh, the front of front window of the house. And so as our folks 
because we've been seeing this over the last week, we've been seeing a lot of walks going on in our neighborhood. And as folks are out for walks, it's kind of an I spy game. You look for the, the rainbow in somebody's front window. And I bring this up to say that just in a week's time, as our world is shifting and changing, that our neighborhood is more interactive with one another than it's ever been in our time in this place. We've met more neighbors than we ever have in the last week. And we've talked to them from a socially responsible distance, mind you. But we've, but we've interacted with them. And so I say all that to say is there are different ways for us to interact with our neighbors in this unique, unprecedented time. And to not just cower into fear and to recluse ourselves into a room and play hide and seek from everybody. Because neighbors act. Neighbors move. And we can do this. You can do this because this is how God is shared and shown and experienced in this world when God's people take seriously loving him with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength and loving their neighbor just like they love him. How will you do that?